0: You were maybe being nice, but I asked, because Art came in our group chat right. to ask you about dim sum. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't message you privately. Yeah. And then I said, is it great or good? Because of his meme that he put out. And did you not oh, get that? Or is I went over nice my head. I'm sorry. All right. I'll explain later why that's a joke.
1: <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Art.
2: podcast our friends at campus honda are hosting an extra life fundraising gameathon.
1: we have a new trailer for the mandalorian less than two weeks Woo!
0: and in what is dead may never die news debbie offenweiss's star wars movies are dead naomi watts game of thrones prequel series is dead and a completely different game of thrones prequel is not on its
2: way pick one that is exactly why I wrote it, because I knew... That's exactly how I hope you say it. Oh, my God. You're great. Thank you.
0: Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to
2: be a geek. This Geek Out, the podcast. Happy Halloween! It's, uh, it's All Saints Day by this time, I guess, right? Like, it's November. It's probably Friday when you, when you hear this. It's not Halloween. Like, we're recording this on Halloween, so I won't even bother. What? Shut up. Uh, happy Day after Halloween. It's the Geek Out podcast, episode 57. We record this on Halloween. Brian, your costume was Fantastic. Brian dressed up as Brian, uh, but there was a single red floating balloon behind him. And whenever any- anybody pointed it out, you said, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah, kind of like thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't, don't see a shocked. balloon. <laughs> yeah. A balloon. you pointed Polly...
2: by it. That's amazing. Polly dressed up as you with um, um, flatter hair. Yeah. I combed my hair this morning. <laughs> and uh, I was Stephen Colbert.
1: It's funny because like, I guess you pointed it out in the email saying like, hey, Brian, great costume or something with your red balloon, but I don't walk around the hallway with it. So some people <laughs> come, came up to me and were like, hey, great costume, Brian. And I was like, that's a little racist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. I am Brian,
1: a.k.a. DJ Boy Tano. I do the mixtape in the afternoon zone.
2: And I'm Bob Lucino. I host that afternoon zone. And that's what's up. Blessed be, Brian. That was a fantastic intro. Next week, I'm going to lose it. Oh, my God. You've been practicing I'm, in a mirror, haven't you? You yeah. lose <laughs> it next week. I'm going to take this recording from this week and put it into yeah. next week. I, better than I'm art. I'm here.
0: <laughs> I don't care for it.
2: <laughs> I think art is channeling Kirsten in that respect. Art is away because it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Art. Oh, okay. I wrote, wrote it shakes down. Shake some pens.
0: I wrote down to me. I don't have my book with me, but I wrote it down. I was chirping him so hard, and I hope he's listening to this because this counts as your chirp, Art. I I was having a moment yesterday wandering around the office being like, I miss Art. <laughs> That's right. Okay? I was like, oh, I miss, but, you know, chiming in and popping into Art's office and saying, what's the news today, Art? I was having a moment of missing Art. And then I was like, oh, look at this, an Instagram story from Art. Okay, I'll see what he's up to because he's taking like three weeks off to do a bunch of schoolwork and everything, right? Oh, not a three-week birthday month? uh, No. No. And the Instagram story was an inspirational quote that said, The difference between good and great is want. (laughs) Attributed Kobe Bryant. Art had added a 100. Oh, the (laughs) little emoji 100
2: red with the (laughs)
0: underline? Okay. And I was like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you're doing? This is what you're doing. Inspirational basketball quotes. And that's the laziest, stupidest inspirational quote I think I've ever seen in my life, too. The difference between good and great is want. What does that mean?
2: What is that?
0: Stupid. So, do better with your Instagram stories, Art. Let's see. And you know what I imagine Art was doing too? At home, on the couch, in his underwear, like just d- multiple chins, eating snacks, Cheeto dust. Right? I was like, I want it. Like, and that's why he did that. Like, that's my
2: picture. I'm sorry. But come on. Good for you for being in school. Though. Okay, so I've just screen capped this and I will include it in the show notes.
0: Oh, it's still up. That is yeah. Oh, amazing. 20 did hours. I get it right
2: from memory? Uh, I got it. The difference between I good I and great it. is one. Kobe Bryant, 100 100 100 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Unbelievable. Poor guy. Not here, and we're still chirping. Still get, yeah, exactly. Jeez, still gets geez. the gears. And I'm sad he's missing this. We are going to talk about the second trailer for The Mandalorian, which came out. After your uh, weekly ego topic. Which was... Campus. Campus. Oh, right. Extra life. Yeah. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. We, cause the we art talk rant about that first. Off. That's right. Sorry. The art ran threw me off. Yes. That's right. Today, as you hear this. So if you're hearing this anytime after Saturday at 9 a.m., you've missed out. But Campus Honda is one of a bajillion citation needed places that are holding an extra life fundraiser. Extra life holds, uh, their, their, their 24 hour gaming uh, marathons doesn't have to be video games. It can be tabletop, can be uh, board games. And the proceeds go to uh, local hospitals in the, in the States. It's that big umbrella, the Children's Miracle Network. We have one here, too, but there's a local uh, the campus's proceeds will go to BC Children's, which is fantastic. So they're set up in their boardroom. They're playing video games from 9 a.m. Friday till 9 a.m. Saturday or until they give up. And uh, Scott Emerson, our own sales and marketing guy, Scott Emerson, who uh, reps campus for us, he is starting everything off by playing Mario Kart at 9 a.m. sharp on Friday. So that's good fun. So I geeked out about that this week. And then a Mandalorian trailer came out.
0: Before I uh, was playing Breath of the Wild, I would have looked at that and been like, that long of playing video games in a row? Who <laughs> would do such a thing? How horrible. Bed and, sores and butt sores and all and kinds of And now that you boils. have
1: Breath of the Wild. Now I'm like, oh, whoops, I would
2: do that. And you're not raising silly. money for anything. <laughs> Mandalorian. Trailer 2. It was great. Why am I it was
0: rad. Talking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was really rad. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed, no oh, for crux sake, sorry. What Lauren are you doing? Is, sorry, Lauren is, like, putting gas in my car right now. And she's like, do I put premium in it? No, premium is a scam. Stop that. Sorry. Okay, sorry,
2: I'm distracted.
1: Can wow. talk for a minute, Brian? <laughs> it was great.
2: <laughs> it was rad. <laughs> Finally unmasked.
1: Yeah, um, I, yeah, know I really liked it. I uh, cannot wait, because it's, what, two weeks away? Yeah, just under.
2: My goodness. The 12th of My November goodness. is a oh, god damn it. <laughs> Tuesday. So yeah. yeah. 7 8 9 10 11 12 days from now. Right. Incredible.
1: Now, there's not a lot like cuz you see a lot of really cool things, but I was already pretty hyped from the first trailer that came out to show the like the tone that it sets, which is uh pretty phenomenal. Um, the thing I liked about this, I think my favorite part of it, was that split second that you see Bill Burr
2: actually in action. Which is like, hilarious, yeah, he, that's you know, great. He comes
1: around the corner, is like, firing blasters.
2: You and see that with the guy with the, the, the third? One with the one the I back. love that. Yeah. He's got, like, a third gun coming around the back of his shoulder for, like, three pew-pews. That was really cool.
0: I'm so glad that you were excited to see that, too, because I, I, I missed... The first time I watched it, I'll admit, I was sitting in a pizza place waiting for my pizza, and so I missed <sighs> Bill Burr completely. I yeah, they were like... Stuff crust, Plastino, and I was like, That's me. I'm I'm old
2: <laughs> Polly Stuffcrust over here.
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm old Poly
2: Stuffcrust.
0: <laughs> so I missed that and uh, Caleb Kirby, sometimes contributor to this podcast, texted me that night as I'm eating pizza yeah. and is like did you see old Billy Blaster tits on on the thing? And I was like, no, I didn't. So then I pulled it up on my Apple TV in 50 inches. Yeah. And fuck, yeah, you're right. That was the biggest, most exciting thing for me too. So, yeah, Caleb and I, huge Bill Burr fans. We listen to his podcast almost every week. And, like, he's been mentioning – he's really good at this, though. Like, he's really good at being in and, like, having major, major projects on the go. Yeah. And – teasing them on his podcast where he goes into, like, the fucking minutia of his life. Yeah. But he'll tease what he's doing. Like, he'll, you know, produce entire episodes of F is for Family and barely say anything about it. Yeah. Right? Um, and so same with this. He's barely let loose that he's in this show. And now, from that trailer i don't know
2: seems to me like he's gonna have a pretty big part in it yeah well he's he's an unnamed outlaw in the credits thus far so right. you never know he could be a red shirt and he could be gone in in one episode it could right. be it could
1: be i know there's going to be a lot of people um showing up in this i know taiko atiti's voicing right. like a droid or something
2: ig11 an innocent naive droid who does not know sarcasm or how <laughs> to tell a lie i love that he'll be, but, be yeah, so good at that so usually like the the big
1: names that you you would see in a star wars movie um like uh who's the british uh guy that's uh Hot Fuzz and uh, Oh well, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Peg. Peg, they're like kind of CGI aliens or whatever. Right. Like he's Yeah, he still plot. has a role. But yeah, so he's got a role but then like you you don't really get to see him and you don't know it's him unless it's just like you look at the credits. It's like, oh, that's Simon Pegg in there, or I
0: Daniel c- Craig as a stormtrooper. Yeah, 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 oh
1: yeah, those are great. I, I kind of thought the same thing was going to happen with Bill Burr. that like he's just going to be a part of this? But you're never going to know. And right. then when you actually see him in action, it's like holy shit! And he's firing blasters
2: off and everything. Yeah, that seems pretty important his role because yeah, famous people get into Star Wars stuff because they are fans of Star Wars. Mm. Bill Star Burr though, doesn't need them.
0: Bill Burr is not a Star Wars fan. No, oh, like yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's like chirped Star Wars. Interesting. In podcast. Like he's not a fan. He calls everyone nerd for watching it and being so into it um, the other thing too is and, and I think Caleb brought this up to me as well is that uh, Bill Burr has talked at length in the last year or so about giving up alcohol and trying to look good and that being his thing and he's mm-hmm. not like a huge booze or anything like that but he talks all the time how he likes his beers with football and he yeah you know likes a scotch at the end of the night and all that but he's completely given up booze and changed his diet now do you completely try and reshape your body and how you look on camera if you're only going to have a small unnamed outlaw role oh, yeah. or are you going to be a pretty major player in this thing ongoing and want to look good on TV. That's what I have to think.
2: Or do you just do this for yourself and you happen to be on your way to you know a better lifestyle that happens to include this show? At 50? Well. What do you think? What do you really think though? Do you think
0: this is this unnamed outlaw? <sighs> I think this is a misdirect, and I think he's going to be a pretty major player. I would, and I would love to see it. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be great. Like, I think that what we need in this show is a little bit of uh, Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and I know that's a weird thing to say when the main character, the Mandalorian, the title character, is made You're to look like Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. sure, yeah. sure. but. Boba Fett wasn't cool because of he was looked like that. Boba Fett was cool because he barely said anything. He was a super badass. He was an yeah. outlaw. You didn't know too much about him. He was mysterious. He gave no flips. He just did what he needed to do. Right. That what was cool about the original Boba Fett. So that's what we need in this show is something that like is a little bit more mysterious, a little bit more badass. Someone who's not your main guy. Because I mean, from this trailer too, you hear in the voiceover and what's his name, uh, Pascal Pedro, whatever, Pedro Pascal, yeah, um, doing the. Yeah, it's like he's very serious, right? Mm-hmm. We need someone who's going to be a little bit more danger zone, and
2: with a shoulder mountain cannon, I hope that's Bill Burr's character. Sure, yeah. You're going to balance that out. I know. That oh, that moment, though, that was just so great. It's him. He's shooting. But then there's also a sh- shoulder blaster shooting. The first trailer, I think, I think it was the first trailer where you saw the robot that was just shooting in all different directions, right. not even looking. Yeah. Like, that was great. But this guy? Oh, man. Yeah. And
0: so the first trailer was fine, too. You know? It's like, oh, good. Production value. Hey, what yep. a nice surprise. Uh, this one I think really really piqued my interest though, and in, like, what is this show gonna be? and yeah.
2: intrigues you for the story, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're taking that
0: lesson too that like, what's interesting in Star Wars is what happens on the edges of the galaxy, right? They're, they took that lesson obviously from the mess of the prequels and then the Force Awakens and that. Uh, so we're gonna see all that. Oh, I can't wait! It's it's gonna be really good. Now, do you guys know if it's like if it's a drop like a twelve episode drop or if it's weekly or what's the deal? Because this strikes me as a show that I would like to parcel out over a few months, you know, like. But I could binge.
1: Could I, end up I really also binging. Yeah, binge.
0: I know, but I don't. I don't know. I, I think I'm now squarely in the camp that a drop with a binge lessens the impact of the show for me. Mm-hmm. I'll get around to fucking Stranger Things. I haven't finished that final season. Yeah. Or the latest season, and I got like two, three episodes left, mm-hmm. but I haven't got around to it. Whereas Watchmen, where they're. Doling them out for me week by week. Yeah. Oh man, I like couldn't wait Sunday night to get it hunker down and get into. Yeah, that it thing. really
2: keeps the momentum going or the uh, yeah. the anticipation going. October twenty first, there was a story on the Daily Mail where somebody on Reddit found a uh, an official Disney press kit, which does say there is an episode release schedule. Yeah. So See, not that's necessarily good. binge. Absolutely, that's yeah.
1: good. I love that. And I think Disney, well, because Disney Plus, they have the because they're going to be new
2: when this. this oh, hang on. The lunch lady's at reception. It's not scary. The lunch lady is at reception. Should have screamed Thank or something. You. It's Halloween. I'm spooked.
1: Yeah, I'm spooky. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Disney Plus has that uh, kind of advantage, in, like to, to see what's worked and what hasn't worked for Netflix. Yeah. and I think like for the most part, when they first started doing that, like you can drop the whole series and watch it at your whim. Um, that did work for a while, but then when we get into things like Stranger Things, and I, and I watch it in the first weekend that it's out. Then you got to wait like how many fucking years for another season, right? Where And, and the momentum has dropped. I've forgotten about Stranger Things. Totally. You get guys like Art who'd be like, how many more strange things that need to happen? <laughs> it's because
2: all of the momentum is completely dropped off. Yes. right. Okay, guys, I got to tell you about this. Tuesday is, is November 12th. That's the day when Disney Plus and The Mandalorian drop. So that's the first episode. The next episode will be that Friday.
0: Okay. The
2: 15th. Hang on. Then it's the next Friday, the 22nd, Friday, the 29th. Friday, December 6th, Friday, December 13th, Friday, the 13th, Friday, the 13th! And then a weird twig is after Friday, the 13th, it's gonna be the next Wednesday, the 18th. Okay. And then they make you wait extra long a week and two days for the finale on December 27th.
0: Okay, this was gonna say too. Be creative, guys. Like do like you can do whatever you want. Drop two in a row, drop three on yep. certain day, make us work three weeks. And so, some you know, series like, are doing that. Some so yeah. you know Netflix is is banning that about. But but to do it like this too, that seems really interesting to me. Yeah. This is now this will be appointment viewing. Like mm-hmm. even though it's at our you know, whim, watch it when you want. No, I'm setting an appointment for The Mandalorian. If it's like, ooh, this is the special weird episode that comes out on a Wednesday, oh, fuck, that's my Wednesday.
2: Yes, it is watch it when you want, but for, like, the water cooler talk, for the immediate next day, talk about it at work kind of thing, yeah. people will be racing for the night, the day yeah. that it is released. Exactly. I think that's so great.
1: The, the entire series or the entire season is made, right? By the time they drop their first episode. Oh, undoubtedly. That, that, I would have to that's think. That's the case. So they're not going to try to react to, like, they're not going to do the network thing oh, and react I to see. audience sure. response of of, oh. of an episode because that would suck. <laughs> that I, think. Would, no, I don't. I don't like that. That's no, I don't, don't like that, do that either.
2: Okay, a bit more Star Wars news. Uh, no, I was just, just touch on this quickly. Adidas is releasing some Star Wars shoes.
1: Need a rue. Wow. wow so, are... when I'm editing this, do I use the uh, the Star Wars theme or do I use Run DMC's
2: My Adidas? <laughs> Most mash-up definite. Boys, oh, there you go. You did a great job on mashing up the Spice Girls with Slipknot this week on the zone. <laughs> oh, that wasn't <laughs> <neat>. me. That was <laughs> Well, you did a great job on playing a playing a mashup, mash-up of Spice Girls and uh, Slipknot uh, this week on the mixtape. You know how to do it. <laughs> uh, so back to Disney Plus, uh, there's a comedy show, co- Jim Henson Company puppet comedy show called Earth to Ned which has been ordered by Disney Plus. Right. That's all we know. That's so cool. I've seen a couple of stills.
0: That's what we call pictures when we're Ah, fancy fancy. boys. Um, A couple
2: of pictures here, and it looks pretty good. Very Muppety, sort of alien-y Muppety things. And I don't know, this kind of looks like a talk show set to me. Like there's a desk and then a couch beside. And that's what it kind
0: of is, I think. And are they going to have real celebrities on it, too? Is that the thing? Because that's what it is supposed to be. The premise is that it's aliens who are... I guess, come to Earth or orbiting Earth or whatever and they're trying to understand culture and they do that by setting up a talk show and interviewing people? Is what, that what it's going be? to be? What better way to do it? Yeah. Comedic half-hour series. I'm into it. And is every puppet that's built by Jim Henson a Muppet? Discuss. I would have to think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But if a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle showed up on the Muppets, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, I don't they- should think that would happen, but they were built they were built by they were the Henson company. company. Yes. Mm.
1: Is a Fraggle a Muppet? Yes. Really? I would think so. A Muppet is puppet well, what's the m in Muppet or just a mop? Mop a mop <laughs> made out of a mop? <laughs> yeah, that's Muppet right. Puppets
2: made etymology. out of a mop.
0: Um no, I think it was just Henson just being wackadoo.
1: Does the does the internet say what a Muppet oh, is? Oh, <laughs> combination of the words marionette and puppet. That's marionette I and puppet. Oh, I, yeah, so it would be because so like you you'd move the mouth and stuff with your hands, but you're also moving and then the body the, parts. Their arm, arms, their and limbs them. is like a stick or right. string or whatever.
2: Let me yeah. let me plug one more time. This YouTube series called Defunct Land. Um, this guy named Kevin Perjurer. Pretty sure that's his real name. He does he does uh, these great YouTube videos with lots of great historical footage on things that are dead and gone from sort of amusement park things. But he also has another series called Defunct TV, and he just did uh, an amazing series on the life of Jim Henson. Mm. And it made me cry multiple times. Really? It was so much to learn from there. It was great.
0: OK, well, this is a new discussion topic. Let's put it on Facebook and let's geek out at the zone is a fraggle a Muppet because I say no, you have to make a distinction. Although I'd like to say this is a new Muppet show. If I say Muppet show, you think Kermit and Miss Biggie. There needs to be distinctions. This is the time that Dylan called me in the morning one time and asked me, is a Jedi a superhero? Well, why not? They have superpowers. No. Language needs distinctions. You're
2: really getting hung up on the semantics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's not semantics. It's, again, it's distinctions. You need to have distinctions about this. But if things. it's made by the Jim Henson workshop or the creature shop, like, how could it's it not Jim be? It's a Jim Henson puppet. What? What? Is, is Dark Crystal a Muppet show? Ah, uh, that's right. Uh-huh. I broke Bud's brain over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, you've given you've given me a bit of pause on that. Well However, you would say no. No, I would say yes, but you did throw me for a second because like I would say yes to the majority of the characters that are piloted by a hand. And then you've got the rods for the arms and, uh-huh, and other things. Yes. But then you've got the Skeksis, which are like, you know, put on top of a human being right. also animatronic controlled, you know, so there's there's aspects of both in both a full size skexies and a and a little and a little handheld mm-hmm. uh puppet thing. But yeah, you got me thinking of it. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, All we'll nice. discuss. We'll discuss. But yeah. I, I still I'm still leaning toward yes. Uh more Disney News. Disney is placing classic Fox movies into its vaults. Right. This is a big thing they did, especially in the VHS days. You know, thing would come out in theaters would be successful they might do an initial vhs run or whatever and then it's gone then they just they create this forced they control the supply and demand of it and then years later maybe when a new recording format like dvd comes out for the first time on dvd (laughs) then you get those announcements and then it's like this big thing so they're they're creating the need for it and it seems that for For-profit theaters, anyways, Cineplex does this huge run of, you know, classic movies. Mm. And, yeah, a bunch of them would be under Fox. And so for a chain like Cineplex, no, they're not allowed to get them anymore. You could your little independent theaters, your not-for-profits, your outdoor screenings. They still, still seem to be okay. But a lot of these big business deals where people were screening Fox movies, gone now. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it's bullshit, Mm -hmm. and I think it's old-timey, and I think it's... Thank you. Right? That's all I had in my mind, is this is an outdated, outmoded method of thinking.
0: Totally. And um, it's it's one of those, like, you know, the vault is very... To me, it's uh, emblematic of Disney's like kind of uh, greedier, more evil, business-minded side. to yeah. money at all
2: costs type of thing. Like, yeah, and you know what, what was very did? difficult in the days of VHS pirating a movie. Guess right. what? Ain't today. Right. I yeah. don't think this will. No. Well,
0: exactly. And I thought we
2: all had a deal
0: here, Disney and everyone who wants to be in the streaming arena. It's like. You, fuck off with the vault. You blow the back out the vault so we can just gum and go as we please. That's the vault now, and we pay you nine dollars a month or whatever it is. That's the deal. I thought that we had a fucking deal here. What are you doing? Did you say I thought that we had a deal. I thought that we had a okay, fucking. No, so uh,
1: what's we- the deal here, Disney? Like, so you can't do this. But like, so okay, so the concept of the vault as it is, as it would be right now would be that not all Fox movies will show up on Disney Plus. Is that what we're thinking here? That's why.
2: That sounds to me like the next logical step. This particular story was about showings in for profit theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. interesting. Oh. But again, I, here's the next question. Is Fox going to come out with Searchlight their uh, their streaming Fox. only service thing like Peacock and Disney Plus? No, I don't think they would else. now that
1: they're owned by Disney. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I um I cuz I yeah, the I I get I guess I get where you're coming from with the, you know, you know, releasing, re-releasing old Fox titles and stuff in theaters, but like, um, I think the moving and moving off of movies on your streaming property has just, like, it's been something that Netflix does, it's something that Amazon does, I don't think it's anything new, I don't think, like... Oh, do you mean when licensing expires? Either when licensing expires, or... To create this false demand. Yeah, it it just, to, to create the demand of, like, oh, a new movie's on Netflix, I'm gonna... You know, start up my Netflix again because I, you know, I haven't seen this movie in forever. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't think that's anything that's new. And if Disney's going to call that, so like if if they have, I don't know, Tangled on their streaming service for a few months and then they take it off and right. then they introduce Beauty and the Beast or whatever, uh. um, I'm not going to be surprised that they do that. Really, one because uh. I. Th- Think like may, and and I'm not an expert on this, but maybe they do that because they only have a certain amount of space to. To you know, to host these things, so they've got to take a few off to to put a few on, but also no, it yeah, well, that's not how the internet works, is it? Don't they have a warehouse full of modems? They that just that's, they've got infin, they almost like, an, an armzola type room. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, seriously, like, it's, like, that's all they what need, great, right? What a great visual! <laughs> yeah, this is not oh, like they man. need a bunch of room for VHS tapes. They no, just like no, upload what? it to the cloud, and then it, I, I don't know, that, how, right? I don't
1: know how it works. It's just me guessing, right? Um, but then at the same time, it's just like it it does create a little bit more of that kind of demand or, or or that. Oh shit, this is on Disney Plus now this week, mm-hmm. you know? It cr- it gets you talking about it a little bit more.
2: I that is not the the thought or the hope that I had in my head. I don't know from facts on this one. I was just thinking they are building the library. This is the place, the repository mm-hmm. to go to. And F off with this vault crap. Yes. And platooning things in and out to force right. the demand. Just if it's there, it's there. If it's a Disney property, Absent of these first little bits and the finishing of licensing and getting all the uh, like the the uh, MCU movies on there, because that's a bit of a process and paperwork and whatnot. From this point forth, I expect if it is Disney, it will be on there. 1940s and up, go. That's the reason to pay for this service. That's right. That wasn't the deal, Blackheart! <laughs> that wasn't! I think, though, so... <laughs> It's,
1: it's kind of like um, when you think of services like Spotify and stuff, or if you walk into a room where you have infinite amount of choices, Yeah, it's like, oh, my mind's going to go blank now. I, I don't know what I want to watch, right? Right. However. So what?
0: Like, they're creating excitement like, hey, it's Beauty and the Beast month. Get in, Beauty, and then we're going to be mm-hmm. like, hey, got to rush home and watch Beauty and the Beast again this month.
2: See, to me. Before it goes away. Uh, uh Like a few people's, and I'm I'm totally being hyper hyperbolic here. A few people's analysis paralysis on not knowing what to watch because you're so flippin' much yeah. mm-hmm. does not outweigh the what I would call majority of people who subscribe to a service called Disney Plus and they want to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm yeah. hoping that was a Disney movie at any time. You know they Agreed. don't need it to and because. On Spotify, yeah, songs that I put in playlists or whatever, they go because they're all licensed by different companies and everything. This is Disney licensing Disney. This is just Disney properties. They should have no legal need to remove any of that stuff. Don't do it, Disney. Can you imagine if you went to Apple Music or Spotify and were like, I'd like to
0: listen to Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols, and then you get a message that was like, sorry, the Dandy Warhols are in the vault this month. Precisely. Check back in uh, January. I'd yeah. be like, fuck nope. you, dude. You don't get my $9 anymore pray i don't alter it any further another <laughs> deal joke
2: for you guys <laughs> that was okay. really good that was really good all right so like with this whole list of star wars slash disney slash game of thrones news so kind of game you- of thrones time anyways debbie offenweiss uh <laughs> their their trilogy yeah okay benny offenweiss their trilogy of star wars movies is now not moving forward Oh, 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 the message of you scheduling difficulties And they've just got too much on their plate Do they? That's what I'm saying What are they doing now? Well,
1: no, they, they do have that contract that they signed uh, It was like $20 million contract oh, right, through Netflix. Netflix Yeah, And that's, I kind of I I thought that when when we were talking about that a few and months back in fact, back, you did mention that now that I think was about it Well, it's like, is this an exclusive deal? And it might not be an exclusive deal But maybe like because it's a twenty thousand dollar contract uh they're maybe even given a specific schedule like you got to come out with all of these at this time uh that we want it's kind of like a book publisher
2: deal well why not absolutely you sign something for that much money you're gonna have those in place yeah
1: so maybe they don't have time to make a star war well, maybe they're bad at doing things
0: and managing their time <laughs> well, and managing not how long it takes they... to get they... from the north to dragons oh. they're...
2: they're just bad at finishing things maybe mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're bad at not having amazing source material from which to draw perhaps
0: okay so remember there was that story where they didn't show up to comic-con right and yeah. everyone was going to yell at them and they were like ah we're not going to go <laughs> um they recently did a private panel that there was no cameras allowed or anything but someone was live tweeting it, uh-huh. and, um, I don't remember all the exact things that came out of it, but there were so many details that they let fly that was like, "Oh, you guys didn't know what the fuck you were doing with that last season like mm, it was it right. was really frustrating to listen to them say stuff like, "We don't know, we didn't know what we were doing. Oh, I guess we were gonna try this in fact, oh, okay, it's coming back to me now, like a lot of it from the very beginning of uh creating that series where they like didn't quite know how to do it they launched into it without really understanding what was at the crux of it they're like okay well i guess we know that it's about power everyone wants this fucking throne so let's just go for it okay and they like really launched into this thing without again knowing where they were going how they were going to do it what was important what relationships were important in fact they got done i think it was the first full first season and they didn't have any scenes of robert and cersei together Son of a gun, okay, and they were like, whoops because they, and someone had to be like. Uh, these people are married and, uh, her being responsible for his death is going to set into motion the chain of events that take us through the entire rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So they had new like,
2: pickups oh. because of bad planning?
0: Yes. Dang. Yeah. So, oh. so, so the gist of it that I, that I gleaned from this Twitter, um, thread was that like they got really lucky. They had a bunch of really talented people around them, craftsmen and crew mm-hmm. members, and I guess Martin got involved and whoever else from HBO who knew the series a little better. Um, And knew what should be done with it and really guided them along. And what we should be feeling now is really lucky that we got as much good Game of Thrones as we did from these two fuckers. Yeah,
2: that is scary. That is, like, terrifying to think. We have a cultural touchstone in Game of Thrones, you know. Possibly the last great uh, appointment watching series to, you know, to spread so far throughout the world in pop culture and everything. And to think that it may have been run by a couple adults dolts in the beginning who barely flailed their way through. Oh, wow. Yeah. <sighs> I know.
0: Dang. And, and it's a shame, too, because, like, you know, it's like juggling, I guess, right? You can kind of get the hang of it for a bit. And they did. The show was amazing for many sure. seasons. And uh,
2: all the balls dropped. What were they credited? with? Do- like, what did they do before Game of Thrones? Very little. Wasn't it not much? I thought we looked this up and there was like, they each had a couple credits Mm -hmm. and neither of them were particularly significant.
0: And they said that they were fans of the show, right? There's that story that's like legend now about how they had a lunch with Martin, you know, tons of people had come to Martin before and been like, we want to adapt this, we want to make movies, or we want to make shows or whatever. And then these guys were like, look it, we want to do it in an HBO style with lots of nudity and violence. And Martin was like, "Okay, who's Jon Snow's mother?" And and they said to him, "They they figured it out. No think way, Lyanna Stark is is Jon Snow's mother." And because they had figured that out, George Martin was like, "All right, well, you guys clearly know the stuff well enough. Let's go, let's Jeez. do it." And gave it to them. But that was the one thing they figured out. Dom did realized. Oh my god, the, the relationship between Robert and Cersei was maybe an important thing you should put to film. What are you doing?
2: I'm freaked out. That's crazy.
0: Isn't it such a a happy surprise when you realize everyone in Hollywood is stupid
2: morons (laughs) who don't know what they're doing?
0: Wow. Oh, my God. I'm not saying I'd be better. I'd
2: be worse. Oh, my God. Jeez. Well, and so now the Naomi Watts Game of Thrones prequel series is also dead. What's going on? What did Carson say? Like everybody's are used to everybody's just like, get rid of the old Paul thing. The I, old Paul, that's like uh, I think
1: they listened to the podcast, maybe. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Um, so they they already filmed the pilot for this. Right. They oh, they yeah, already that's did right. a shit ton of legwork, it seemed like, for for this. Mm-hmm. And then they what? They took a look at the pilot and was like, Okay, no, we're we're not gonna do this. Maybe not.
2: Maybe not. All these resources we've sunk into it. Nah, maybe not.
1: Yeah. I feel bad for Naomi Watts because, yeah, she was really, like, the only name going into this. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, that w- it would have been cool to see. But uh, they've got another thing happening now. Well, this really did hit bit. Like, everyone was like, what the heck? They yeah. just
0: canceled this thing after making a po- – what? Yeah. But remember a few months ago now, it was like uh, – the story came out. George R. R. Martin has eight things, eight pilots in development at HBO. Maybe we should have – anticipated this a little bit where yeah. it's like, yeah, not all of these are going to fly and maybe, maybe they're going to like produce pilots for eight, seven or eight of them and then after they watch it they're like, oh yeah, this is boring, let's try the next one. That's
1: a really good call. It is show business. Yeah. You know, well, and that's how show, show business works, and, right? That's how you actually get a show in development is that you have to create the pilot yeah. first. right Now, we're... Um, sort of spoiled being in this time of like knowing everything before you know production even starts on it yeah you know as part of their hype
2: machine yep right well yeah that's true that's grown into part of the marketing
1: and that was one of the things that was like that was the hype machine that was rolling right even before this final season of game of thrones started airing episodes was like oh after this series or after this series is done you're gonna get more game of thrones don't worry don't cancel your hbo
0: Here's what I wonder now is that, um, you know, this is a tale as old as time about, you know, the original Star Trek pilot, the cage, right? Or the menagerie, whatever it was called. So they filmed a whole pilot and then they were like, this is shit. <laughs> and we got to recast the captain and we got to do Spock different. We mm-hmm. got number one is no good. So they, so they had to do a second pilot for Star Trek. Yeah. That original pilot was released eventually. Yeah. First it was reworked into a episode later on, but then it was, Also just released. They just released it. They showed it on TV. They put it on VHS, all this stuff. I hope that if they do make seven pilots and only one of them goes to series, we get to see the pilots. Whether it's on this newly announced HBO Max or they play it as like a one-time thing on TV, that would be be great, right? See,
2: back in the the Star Trek days, I think there was so... I won't, you know, say so little going on, but there was a lot less going on in the media landscape that, yeah, ultimately, eventually, sure, let's just put this out there. I think that is fantastic. I think in today's super crowded um, landscape, what we do have is fans like you who will say, yeah, that didn't fly, but I still want to see it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I would hope that because, yeah, definitely interested in how Naomi Watts would have would have done this. And if they've shot it. They did this with uh, The
1: Office. NBC did this with The Office because on the final season of The Office, they were going to spin off Dwight Schrute's character right. into his own television show That's where he's right. running a farm. They prepped
2: that and everything. Yeah.
1: So they shot the pilot. They introduced new actors and stuff that were going to be in it yeah. and then got canceled. And NBC didn't like the pilot. They canceled it. But instead, what they ended up doing is they rolled it into that final season. So it was just, there was just an, a Dwight episode in that final season. Um, and then... Nothing came of it. Right, interesting. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, there you go. I mean, and that's how rare such a thing is. You know, we have to go back to the Office and Star Trek. Now, right, it's exactly. It's yeah. the only two times like we can think of. Yeah. maybe there are other examples, but there you go. And poor Rain Wilson didn't get to do his, his Dwight spinoff, and now he has a very successful website and podcast where he talks about politics and religion. So take that, bud. You think that one not work? Oh, oh wow, yes, it does okay. for Dwight Schrute, Rain Wilson. <laughs> He really
2: does. He really the does talk about that. The, the soul pancake? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's what he does. It talks all about that stuff. The, um, the series that is coming, by the way, one of the ten 1, hundred of them is called House of the Dragon. So this has been co-created by George R. R. Martin and Ryan Condal. I'm not sure who that is. I'm sorry. Uh, Miguel Sapochnik will partner uh, with Ryan Condal as a showrunner and will direct the pilot and additional episodes. And uh, Ryan Condal is writing the series. So this is going to be
1: all about the Targaryens, I guess, eh?
2: Um... Yeah, I, I have a Dragon, one would think. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- it's
0: supposed to be based on the book that Martin just put out last year. Uh, what's it called? Like, f- oh, It was called Fire and Blood. Mm. And it's a long history book of the Targaryens. It's one of those infuriating things. If I was through all the rest of the Game of Thrones books and I'm waiting for Winds of Winter and he puts out this massive tomb, yeah. that's a history book of the Targaryens, I would have been fucking choked. Mm. I would have been like, focus up, get back to work! Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, But... Um, so, but it's massive. It's as big as one of the Game of Thrones books and it does and it goes through the history like thousands of years of uh, the Targaryen's. And, um, so I wonder how they're gonna do that, or what the plan is now for this TV show, because, like, that's a lot of history. You're gonna be jumping around between eras, Mm -hmm. right? So, are we gonna get a season, you know, with this family and this generation, and then in the next season, there's like, we jump ahead 100 years, or like, what's the deal gonna be?
2: Yeah, it could, could, and it could almost be sort of ensemble like Game of Thrones, sort of time jumpy like, uh, Westworld, but without, you know, the, the subterfuge. Right. Um, but I like the idea of season to season. That does make more sense than I was thinking episode to episode, but yeah season to season makes more sense
0: because from what I've read I've I've got that book uh, the world of ice and fire and that too again like I thought it was going to be a picture book and then it's so much writing get to fucking back to work <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe how much writing is in it but um, there's a long history of the Targaryens which is very interesting could be a good make for a good show that goes. You know, way farther back than any other of the families we've seen in Westeros. Even, even though they've got long histories, um, that goes back. You know, to um, what's that place over in Essos that they were originally from, and then the oh Valeria, Valeria, yeah. right, and the Doom of Valeria, and that whole thing. Like the Targaryens were a dynasty for thousands of years in Valeria before it fell to nothing. And that's hundreds of years before Westeros was even founded. So, like, there's so much history there to explore with the Targaryens. It's unreal.
2: So that's the end of our Star Wars slash Disney slash Game of Thrones news. Now just two stories of everything else. Joker is now the <laughs> highest R ra- uh, highest grossing R-rated film of all time.
1: Paul is delighted about this. <laughs> it's funny because, like, uh, any time... Uh... It was like last week, I was just talking about Joker to to Quentin, and Paul was about maybe 10, 15 feet away from us. And then he leaned over. He was, I guess he was talking to Jenny at a broadcast. He leaned over me and he was like, Yeah, and then that part was stupid too, right? Because this started getting. It. It's like if he's within earshot of a conversation about Joker, he's going to fucking go off on it. No, oh, I've scared man. so many people on the bus. <laughs> um, look,
0: at, I'm of two minds of this. Uh, number one, for it to be the highest gross, grossing R rated film of all time is a slap in the face to every other R rated film of all time, Oof. because
1: a garbage. Have you seen? <laughs> did you see Ryan Reynolds tweet about it? No, what did it he say? Uh, well, because he, he congratulated Joker by saying something like "fuck you, motherfucker" on <laughs> on a on a picture of Joker on the stairs, and underneath the Joker on the stairs, there's like Deadpool. Jesus Neo Like all the characters From previous R-rated movies That had high grossing numbers That's funny this is great,
2: yeah. yeah. R-rated box office c- congratula- congratulatory posts aren't like the ones you're used to. And this yeah, just three lines. You mother... F-
1: yeah, and does it show the rest of the
2: picture? Um, let's see if it expands. If it expands. On oh, the yeah, rest, yeah. Yeah, on the yeah. stairs there. Deadpool, Neo, Pennywise, Jesus, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. So funny. well done. Oh, that's great. Um,
0: on the other hand, you know, good for the Joker. and Well, no, good for audiences, because I imagine that with the, all the hype of this movie, I'm sorry. That's all this movie is—is is hype. Um, I'm just waiting for you to say "Wake up, sheeple." <laughs> I don't know why. I would never. <laughs>
2: good. I would never. Good.
0: Um, but for you know, for all the audiences that went to this and were like, uh, "Oh, I enjoyed an R-rated movie." Yeah, good. R-rated movies generally are very good and you know better. So yeah, we can we can handle a little bit of violence and swearing and difficult subject matter. It doesn't have to be with a stupid face paint of a comic movie on it. So I'm happy for audiences. I'm sorry that this is the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also sorry to speak of Ryan Reynolds too. Like, why does it have to be that too? I don't know. There's an there's a certain amount of audience out in the world, and I guess it's a good thing that studios are realizing that there's money in their pockets, but they. I think that to the height of comedy is the phrase "fuck nuggets," <laughs> and so, right? Like that's the big, best thing you can do, and you can only say that in R-rated movie, and so that they come out in droves to watch these things. So great! I guess we're all we get better movies for
2: that lowest common denominator. Yeah. And finally, in newsy news, anyways. Netflix for certain Android users, not me, but I've it. Where are you going? Where are you going, Paul? And he's left. He says he's Joker piece, and then he just walks out the room. All right, maybe he's going to get four more drinks. Huh. Uh, Netflix is experimenting with letting people adjust the speed, the playback speed of what they're watching. And, of course, the the Hollywood folks are up in arms. I I would have to say, you know, rightfully so. However, also user choice is a thing. Uh, because it's, it's sort of destroying the presentation is how they see it. If you're able to watch a movie twice as fast as you normally would. And interestingly, um, after the whole Game of Thrones thing, they're also allowing some, some of these uh, Android users the ability to adjust the brightness in-app of, uh, of certain shows. Yeah,
1: I needed to adjust the brightness when I was watching uh, the Paul Rudd show. Um, uh, living with Myself. Because there's some scenes that take place at night that I could not see okay. at all. So I had my phone on like as bright as possible, and I still couldn't see what was no,
2: going on. No, that's so
1: lame. Yeah. yeah, it was lame. But I, I do think that the whole the playing back at a twice the speed. I think that's kind of lame.
0: It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Netflix, what are you doing? Um, this technology or this like method, I see it on
1: my like podcast app.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: podcast and ebook readers. And I see it, I'm like, oh,
1: I get why. So you can consume it as quick as possible. Yeah, I understand.
0: I have a hundred podcasts. I got like a three-hour long podcast to listen to. I want to get it done in an hour and a half, or I just want to be able to consume more things. I see it. I understand that for some people that might work, and I never touch it. In fact, when I do touch it by accident, I'm like, even at like...
2: 1.5 speed
0: mm-hmm. i'm like how horrible
2: well yeah. i'll I'll, give, I'll grant though you're an audio person you know we all know what proper audio is supposed to sound like and we are all probably more attuned than the average bear so. of what synthetic speed sounds like and it gives me the ghiblies. so okay
0: text in to podcast at the geek Please stop. word stop. stop don't wordpress it's geek out <laughs> at the for the love of pete have you ever listened to a podcast at
1: even 1.5 times the speed a
0: podcast
1: even Paul's rants, though, would be really fun at twice the speed. Yes, they would. Get
2: rid! Get (laughs) rid! Guess
1: what? Now I'm going to do them twice as slow. Get rid! I think that's how you do them now anyway. It is catering to, like, uh, because we are, we're one of the, uh, like, our generation, I think, is sort of the first of the I want it now, the on-demand generation, because we're so, we're so impatient. Um that now we can't wait for things, right? And this caters that to that that much more. Well, it's like, oh, your time is important to you, so if you want to watch a movie at twice the speed so you can just get it done, then what the fuck is the point of sitting down and watching the movie if you don't have time to sit down and watch a movie? You have not watched the movie, I would argue, if you're doing that, because...
0: These are deliberate choices. I think this is why, you know, for anyone who is like doesn't understand maybe why the filmmakers themselves are so upset and up in arms about this, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what do you care? They're watching your movie. Ugh. They're not. Not and they with made any
2: amount of pacing or pace. intention yeah. that they yes. made the film with. That, those are such deliberate and important choices.
0: It is the complete difference between a good movie and a great movie. Sorry, it's not want. It's that. (laughs) Okay, really, though. Like, you can make or break a movie with those timing choices, and to to completely fuck it up like that for no reason? What are you doing, Netflix? I thought you liked things. I thought you liked movies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, why are you in this business?
1: Hey, before you get into reviews and recommendations, can I uh, throw out a couple of uh, Marvel-related news? Please rumors? do. You... One more thing about the last thing. It's yeah. like, because they just want to do it because they can. Yeah. It's like if they come out with a thing that's like, hi, we're Netflix,
0: and now we have a thing, a button you can press, and all the characters have kitty cat faces, just like on Snapchat. Do you love it? Do you love it? Here, here, watch the King of Comedy, a Martin Scorsese classic starring Robert De Niro with a kitty cat face!
2: <laughs> How stupid! It's perfect. Oh, oh. Bad. <laughs> do your Marvel news, jeez! <laughs> Sorry to
1: interrupt, right? Um, Marvel is releasing a feature where you can watch Avengers with kitty cat faces.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Paul legit just about choked on his water. So, that was yeah, so that was, great. That was a rumor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's I called me. <laughs> I'm, I'm <just laughs> <been there. laughs> oh, right in front
2: of the gear. I love it's it. It's
1: called uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um No, uh, there's a couple of different rumors that are coming or things that are coming out. Uh, one Black Widow, uh, kind of in pure in true Marvel MCU style. Black Widow's coming out with a Prelude comic, so I'm going to keep oh, an nice. eye out for that so you get a little bit more of the story before uh, the Black Widow movie is released. Um, Charlie Cox is being... To take up the mantle again as uh, as Daredevil in a uh, future future MCU project.
0: Awesome! Is he the one in the TV show? Yeah, yeah. he's the, he's he the Daredevil. So he's Matt
1: Murdock in the TV show. Cool. Um, and then, uh, well, and then there was just the whole save Daredevil campaign and stuff that like people were out in front of Comic Con being like save Daredevil. Well,
0: isn't this a maybe it's, sorry if this is stepping on your toes for the next thing you're going to say? But isn't the exact same thing happening with Punisher?
1: Uh, the thing, the same thing is happening with Punisher, and then somebody from Marvel, somebody high up from Marvel, had even said, I don't know, if maybe it was Kevin Feige, was saying that they want John Bernthal back as the Punisher. The interesting thing to this is that I've heard rumors now that Iron Fist is getting a reboot uh, with a completely different cast. Oh man, <laughs> oh, no. poor Game of Thrones guy, poor Sir Loris. <laughs> <Laurus>. Wow, <laughs> he couldn't cut it as Iron Fist. Yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah, uh,
2: and those are amazing rumors. Oh yeah, my I think
1: those were all the rumors. I didn't hear anything about Luke Cage, so I don't know if there's any sort of defenders thing going on. But yeah, it's good news for for Charlie Cox because, like, I thought I thought he was a really good daredevil. It's oh, just yeah? execution was just not the greatest with the thirteen fucking episodes per season and stuff. Yeah, is that they could have they really could have cut it down. So
0: you know, it's kind of like a weird thing that Marvel has done to themselves here, where it's like. Uh, they're like, uh, okay, Daredevil. Big enough for a movie? Nah. No, not anymore. Yeah. We try with Affleck. No, bad. Okay. Ah, put it on TV. All right, who do you want to cast? I ah, don't give a shit. We can't afford a name. Who cares? D- Dude, McDude, Charlie McCox, whatever. Yep. Charlie <laughs> McCox. Now, he's got himself a uh, little fan base there, or yep. like people have grown to enjoy this comic, and now um, you've you've grown that character. And so now it's like, Marvel's like, okay, well, if we want to put him in a movie... We want to put Daredevil in a movie. Mm-hmm. We want to have a bigger name in that role, likely, because Marvel is not one to put unna- unknown people. Even a name like Charlie Cox, like, I don't know who he is. i never watched the show. Mm-hmm. Will an audience at the level that Marvel is wanting to invest in to, for a movie yeah. put a guy that's that unknown, even though a, a dedicated fan base likes him in the character on a TV show?
1: Yeah. I Has this know, been I think done outside
2: of- Phil Coulson? Yeah. Well, like that's the only example. I can the most think recent of. though the is that
1: the most recent example is J.K. Simmons though. Oh know? sure, yes, they would, that's they right. Would bring too. him back as J. Jonah J. and Jamison because he's such a fan favorite and nobody can see anybody else do that.
0: J.K. Simmons is a name though. That's uh, a yeah. Name, I'll grant yeah. Right, like Charlie <laughs> McCox over here. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> McCox in he
1: okay. Doesn't, I don't know him. Yeah. who knows him? Well, no. If yeah, you would know him if you watched. Daredevil.
2: But it's not yeah. truly it. about, like, you don't have, do you have to have a certain level of celebrity to be in a movie? You got tons of unknowns in movies all the time. Yeah, a
0: Marvel movie carrying the thing? I don't know. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett mm-hmm.
1: Johansson,
0: etc. Is Concedera, Vincent D'Onofrio of
1: enough of a name to be Kingpin in, like, say, a future Spider-Man movie? No. Yeah. It would be no. so good. What? Because, no, seeing that's no, the thing, I no. was like, no. in Daredevil,
2: Jeez. he was fucking phenomenal as I Kingpin. I bet. I love Vincent D'Onofrio in most everything I've seen him in. Like, sure, it's not about liking him or not liking yeah. him. It's just about who's a name. Is it Michael
0: Keaton and huh. Jake Gyllenhaal, or is it Vincent D'Onofrio? We don't know. Mm.
2: You need bigger names for your star How your are these people going to become bigger names if you don't give them a chance? Well, all this is like Wolverine,
1: Wolverine. Uh, Hugh Jackman wasn't a name until like after he played Wolverine.
0: Yeah, it's a different time though. I mean, don't forget X Men. Your two thousands comic book movies are not that. If they're going to do an
1: X Men movie or if they're going to introduce X Men characters, they're going to need a big name to take up the Wolverine mantle. (laughs) Or can they do it? They can't. They can't do it with an unknown.
0: Listen, I don't know the answer to that, but I would, if I had to put money on it, I would say that they make a choice of a more
1: known name.
0: I Daniel Craig's like, going to be this Wolverine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Proven movie star name. Yeah. I think if you've got two guys on your on your plate, and it's either a Vincent Vanoffrio level, <laughs> Now <Dinofrio>. you <laughs> know the guy's name. If you got that level, or you got Michael Keaton level, right? You're putting in the Keaton every time. That's mm. how that's how she goes.
1: So anyway, a lot of these rumors kind of came from um, just the reshuffling within uh, the Marvel television, uh, I guess part of the business. The so, MTU, MTU <laughs> uh Jeff Loeb is now out uh oh. of, of Marvel. He so he's he's gone and he used to kind of be like the the head of is it Jeff Loeb or something Loeb or Lisa Loeb or <laughs> no. um Loblaw's grocery store. Yeah. Loblaw's is now out. Yeah, as, Jeff Loeb.
2: And his, his name is fascinating cuz J E P H, Jeff Loeb. Je- it, his full name is Joseph. That's why. Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, so he's now out, and there's kind of this sort of reshuffling. There's a uh, an article that came out where they were pissed off about the canceling of uh, Gabriel Luna's Ghost Rider on uh, Hulu, but there's also now talk about uh, a, like Ghost Rider being uh, made for Disney Plus, but using Nicholas Cage. No, well, using the Nicholas Cage character. Whoa, fuck! What's the uh, Johnny? St- Johnny Blaze Using Johnny the Johnny Blaze goes Oh writer. the character
2: Okay yeah. Oh wow Which
1: all I right. think Norman Reedus All the way Should be Oh
2: mm-hmm. man yes um, Is Norman Reedus A big enough character yeah. Well you don't <laughs> watch The Walking
1: Dead Yeah TV show. Yeah yeah he's fine um, But i see, seen That's the thing is, like my I would hope that Say Gabriel Luna Would still be considered Down the line Because you know He fucking killed it as One would absolutely hope sure He's, yeah. he's going to kill it In this Terminator movie um or he's gonna kill something. Ah. Uh and then the other thing that was talked about was Anson Mount was recently at a Comic Con and he started talking about um the uh inhumans mm-hmm. and remaking the inhumans, which was like as far as like when when Marvel was on a roll, they were on a roll and then they released Inhumans and yeah. everybody was like what what the happened here fuck <laughs> happened <laughs> Uh they so they released Inhumans Inhumans was supposed to be a movie, ended up becoming a TV show which is sort was sort of an offshoot of Agents of SHIELD on on uh NBC looked like crap. Apparently they blew all the budget on making Medusa's hair which they couldn't afford anymore so they cause a plot to like something within the plot to no, shave her head
2: really oh my god that's ridiculous <laughs> Does she have snakes
1: yeah well no it's not like medusa like snakes it's just that her hair she her power comes from her hair like she can control her hair to like like whip people or or whatever very cool so she has long she had long hair and then they shaved her head because they couldn't. They didn't have a good enough hair budget. Couldn't How
2: freaking lame! It's like not putting dogs in your Game of Thrones because it cost too much money.
1: So anyway, they they uh, Anson Mount has talked about um, them remaking or rebooting uh, Inhumans, but with Vin Diesel. Oh, as it a movie or a television show? My life. I don't know. I don't know. Unbelievable. So. A lot of things happening. And
0: not also, interested. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Marvel. Yeah, you take your
1: foot off the gas a little bit. But, here, dude. And, and Let think,
0: the inertia. You're doing great things. You don't need to have a hundred million TV no, shows. And yeah. Inhumans is one of them. I
1: think Inhumans too, the the only reason why they were going to do inhumans is because they didn't have the rights to X Men. So they I think their whole thing was like, Okay, well we'll do inhumans, which we'll do is different sort of like mutants, but mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. and we're gonna make them bigger than X Men. But you got the rights to X Men now. Why do you gotta do
2: all this yeah. shit? <sighs> all right do you guys have any reviews and recommendations um
1: do you i well do you yeah i was well, just say my kids as far as you know sort of superhero things go my kids are really into this show right now there, there are a couple episodes in um called raising dion on netflix
2: they serve that to me i don't know what it's about yeah
1: it's just about a kid that's got superpowers and uh it's produced by michael b jordan oh Creed wow and um, black panther and um and he, he's also in it who uh you know plays plays the dad and uh yeah it's it's an interesting it's it's obviously geared towards kids because uh you can kind of see it in terms of like the production and stuff um But it's interesting. I've, I've watched the first few episodes with them and I've actually told because they were like, oh, let's watch on. And but, you know, when when we get home and I was like, actually, wait for me, kids, because I want to watch it with you. Guys.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's sweet. Pauly. Um, well, but I, I watched uh, episode two of Watchmen, well, episode one and two. Okay, good. <laughs> like, you,
2: wait a second, you did not jump in. Carved out two okay. hours uh, throughout out, the week. out of your Breath of the Wild time.
1: Brian, did you watch? No, yet. I'm sorry. Okay, see ya. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> get into it. I get really into it, and I'm enjoying it very much. You watched season, or, I mean episode two. I Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really great. You know, I think uh, one of the things we talked about maybe when it was announced is like, what You're doing going back to the Watchmen? Well, um, I think this is doing it in a really, really interesting way. That we maybe should have had more hope and and trust in hbo for um the the fact that it's so far removed geographically from the original source material happens in tulsa like timeline wise but followed to a interesting and natural place that it would
2: go to is quite interesting um i think a bit of our lack of faith too is we're just we're pretty much coming out of game of thrones and we're just like really hbo like they they were Hounding this, yeah. Please don't cancel us. Um, yeah, and I think it's
0: got just enough. It's got it's got a good mix of uh, new things, new characters, new things to care about. Um, so the main character, what's her name even? Is it Knight Sister Knight? Sister Knight, yeah. Angela Ab- uh, Abar. She's Abar. fantastic to follow through this series. Yeah, Regina King. She's a great actor. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's and it's neat, but then there's like just enough stuff. To keep you hooked and to keep you connected to the original story, um, to go yep. to Jeremy Irons, who's
2: definitely Adrian Veidt. Remind me again, okay? A, I, I've always said Veidt my whole life, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, and it's Veidt. Remind me again, what's your source material? You just watched the movie? No, I've heard
0: the comic, oh, like, read the comics. Oh, you've read the comics and watched the movie. Okay, great, great, good, good. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so like you say, like the the Squid Drops the. Uh, the like one second footage of Doctor Manhattan on Mars, um, the uh, you know, and then the Adrian Vite stuff as well. That is gonna somehow gonna end up. Do you think like relating to what's going on with our main characters, or do you think that's just like a completely separate plot that never the two shall meet?
2: No, I think ultimately they're gonna tie together. I don't know how, I don't know when, yeah. but I'm pretty sure this mm-hmm. is intentional.
0: I, it's fascinating. Um, and you know what I did? Uh, have you gone ahead and looked? At the episode names,
2: no, okay. No. I've, uh, I've, I've. Yeah, that that to me is is sort of one step too far in something that I want to protect myself from spoilers. Like I went and did this HBO.com slash PTpedia thing, right? And I poured through that information because that was out. They released that. That's part of the companion thing. They want this information out there, so I just absorbed all of that. But uh, no, kind of like reading the chapter names ahead. I try not to do that either. So no, I haven't. Is there something? insightful coming up there you know what i think so i from just
0: those names i I won't ruin it for you but i gleaned something that has got me very interested oh yeah and excited about uh the remainder of the series for sure nice um oh a a couple of uh, stray thoughts i had though number one uh, i guess this is on pdpedia but they call email L mail. yes did they mention that in the show not that i saw okay yeah i only heard you talk about that yeah and i do, do you know? I think they call it that because it's short for electronic mail. Yes, exactly. That's why? Yeah, it's That's just because
2: we're in an alternate universe and just, it's just the way that semantics went, right? Nice. And just like, we just. Went to email, probably because of the whole iPhone kind of thing. Right. And and theirs is just as accurate. L-mail, electronic mail, absolutely. Yeah. But they both span from the same... They're both portmanteaus of the same phrase. But yeah, it's just, it's just because it's an alternate universe. It's just little touches like that that I love. It. It's just like, this is almost your world, but not quite.
0: Yeah, I, I find that fascinating. Okay, the other thing I wanted to... to Because I listened back to you and Kirsten talk about it last week, too. Oh,
2: right. Um, and you're staying non spoiler for now, right?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, I... I, okay, you guys talked about the flying ships. And you seem to think that that's an Owlman specific thing. But I was under the impression that those just exist in the world. That there was like a big leap in um, like a energy technology because of Dr. Manhattan. And so from that they had the energy and they had these flying ships. That wasn't like Owlman invented that. He just happened to have one and a good one that he liked. Because you see in the background of like comic panels and everything, big ships like that, f- kind of flying through the air, your various- zeppelin kind of things. Yeah, yeah it's that right. kind of
2: technology. I think I think the deal is we've got like the the shape, the double windows that mm-hmm. look like eyes. That is the owl ship. Like I can't remember from the comics if we saw anything else that looked like that. Although yes, I agree, we did see other zeppelin blimp type flying machines that were in there. Right. I think it's the design of this one that is specific. Like there was a freaking flamethrower that came out of it, just like in the comic, right. uh, in episode one. And, PDPedia tells us that Dan Dryberg, Night Owl Two, is in custody at the FBI. Right. So they have his tech. Um, we see Sister Knight I don't know. If we're just sort of getting into the spoilery things. We see Sister Night um, in one of the previews and in this latest episode with the owl glasses, the 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 sort of uh, infrared tech. Um, so it you seems think that all stems from Owlman, from Night Owl. Yes, yeah. Hollis Mason, the original Night Owl. I I do um, because I he he was part of the Minutemen and part of. The whole creation of this thing and I think the only person that the technology mainly went to was Dan Dryberg the second night owl right that's my thought
0: and then the FBI got it from him yeah that's interesting yeah okay sweet um the other thing I read and I don't know how real this is out in the world but I heard that there was a contingent of a crybabies who are mad that it deals with white supremacy and um, those real-world issues and it's it's too woke is right, so I don't know if that's really a thing or if that's a little baby bit of a thing that is then being, of course, propped up because it's good clickbait, yeah, um, or what that is. But personally, I think that that is makes so much sense. The original comic talked about really real, real world things, um, cold war fears, and impending nuclear disaster, and all yes. that. You wrap that completely up in the comics. So yeah. to to, have, to try and go back to that, well, to try and re dig up those. Like uh, issues and re examine them and uh, through the prism of comics and everything like that, and superheroes would feel too much like uh, same, same, same. But to look at race relations and um, all that kind of stuff and police brutality and all that through this superhero lens is uh so good it's so different but it's so in the same tone and vein and then also just works really well and uh you know hits you where you live in 2019
2: and this is what pop culture does pop culture shines a light on what is happening in the real world and maybe the first uh the first instances of the of white supremacy was just um white you know ignorant white people they didn't understand they just wanted to keep keep the african-americans down or, or whatever now in this world if it's come around again, it's because we've had a complete uh, cultural and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like financial status shift. Uh, it's basically been swapped between between a white folk and black folk. And so the white folk are living in trailer parks and the black folk, because of these red these reparations are living it pretty well. And so now it's a uh, it's a uh, not it's not an ig- it doesn't come from ignorance. It just comes from anger of resentment. the white man not being on top resentment. Yeah. Yes, that's a great word for it. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing to do,
0: to, to, do uh, to explore and to, as you say, like kind of uh, examine what's going on in the real world. Yeah,
2: but these issues are, you know, real and not going away. This just amplifies the amount of them that we have in the world. Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I'll say, too, that um, – okay, what's interesting, though, is, you know,
0: Rorschach in the comic is very much like you're kind of like your, your moral compass – to a certain extent, he's the only one that cares about, like, true justice. Yeah. You know, at the end, he's the one that wants to, you know, hold uh, Adrian Veidt accountable for, like, the three million murders and all that that he's done, even at the expense of ongoing, you know, maybe the entire annihilation of the planet, Mm. right? So in a lot of ways, when you're watching that, although he's a
2: very, like, dark and fucked up character, he is your moral compass. Yeah, but he's a moral compass with only north and south. There's no gray area for him. He's either right or wrong is what his thinking is.
0: So what I hope... Is more examined in this uh, TV series is why then the white supremacists are using Rorschach as their um, like a hero or whatever. Why they dress you know instead of the clan hoods, you know they are wearing um,
2: Rorschach masks, uh, like awful bad Rorschach masks, which is great. It's it's yeah. very in keeping with the series. How did that happen? I think it's because a Rorschach is not around to speak up for himself, right. and b they are so when when there's a martyr. You're just looking at the past deeds and everything, you know, what is it called? Confirmation bias. Everything that you believe about that person is sort of all you hear. And you just sort of build that up. And his, his way of doing things, his Rorschach's justice is the kind of justice that p- these people can latch onto. And again, I think it's uh, very literally symbolic, the black and white of the masks, um, to, that, uh, that draws the seventh cavalry up to, to what they are because yeah, Rorschach is not there to to say, no, you idiots, this is not how or why or the direction that I would be taking things.
0: Yeah. So I I find that like as a fan of the original comic and the source material fascinating and like challenging. Right? They're like, Hey, did you like Rorschach? Was he your favorite part of uh, the original. Well, guess what? Now everyone who's was inspired by him is a shitty white supremacist. Kind of Daenerys Targaryen kind of thing. Kinda. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, okay, I'm challenged. Neat. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And I hope it's explored more. Absolutely. Brian Capistrano is still in the room, believe it or not. I think we're going <laughs> to set him free, though. He's um, he's leaned back in his chair. He's adjusting his watch. He's on his phone. He's yawning. I pulled so, an art and I went on my phone, and tuned you guys out. We're gonna we're gonna send you away. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet. I'm well, just not going to phrase the question. Art and like Kirsten anymore. are not here, so I needed to do okay, something Okay, fair like enough. Yeah. Bye, guys. Okay, he's not. All right, that's fine. Bye! Okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's Does he really
1: have to go? Where are you going?
2: Bud's <laughs> oh, kicking me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I want to touch on a couple spoilery things. Oh, I'm not, you do? Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, not, okay. not going to go as long as, as I did last week with Kirsten, but uh, I'm going to call Mary in for this. Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. And yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on. You're moving to this mic, you're moving yeah. to Brian's mic. Cool. I'm going to get this chair, actually. Yeah. We've warmed up Yuck. the chairs for each other. Oh, yes, we have. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about a couple things that I've noticed about the. Um, the second episode, which is called Martial Feats of Comanche Horsemanship. I believe the original phrase is Comanche Feats of Martial Horsemanship. Okay. And this is where, you know, the Indians, if you would, uh, you know, back in the day, if that's what you would call uh, the First Nations folk, would, um, would lean off to the side of their horses and basically use their horse as a shield, uh, oh, okay. either like a physical shield or like a blind, you know, blindness shield. And that's the painting, that, that painting that we zoom into on the end of the episode. That's what. Uh, That's what uh, that refers to. And by switching it out, I don't really understand what, you know, why, but uh, it's catchy. Um, Yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting more of the world building and just to see which way some of the technology has gone. Because in this 80s, where because of the fear of aliens, Mm You know, technology was stigmatized until very, very recently, so we've got landlines and pagers, but we also still have multi-bulb LED flashlights, (laughs) we have cars that were like spaceships, we have 3D holograms in museums and DNA-reading video kiosks, and we got floating frickin' magnetic Lego, um... But other things are very, you know, not quite caught up with 2019, which is when this series takes place. And I don't have anything to say about that. I just think it's uh, I just think the way that uh, Damon Lindelof is building building the world is chock full of such great detail. And I appreciate the heck out of that. Same. Yeah, I, I agree, because that was one of the biggest things that
0: you saw in um, in the original comic in the movie was, yeah, again, like how the advent of Dr. Manhattan you know, and, and the ability to manipulate all kinds of elements, you know, how he really changed the world. And that's why everyone had electric cars and yeah. flying machines and all that. And so you had to take that after the massive event of the squid drop, you know, to see where it went from there. Yeah, yeah is fascinating.
2: It's just because people that make certain decisions are going to be, you know, inspired by some things and mm-hmm. scared of others. And that is going to chart the course Of the world in this alternate timeline. It's fascinating.
0: It makes you think, too, about, like, in the real world, what has or hasn't uh, progressed or stopped or what happened because of certain
2: giant events, Mm -hmm. you know, that has happened. I don't know. Two-term presidencies, for one thing. Sure, yeah. Um, A small piece of note the castle that um that dr manhattan has is has built and is destroying on mars yeah the castle that uh, Topher is building with his magnetic lego and the castle in which jeremy irons Osmandius adrian veidt character live in i believe are all the same building really yeah what do you mean they're all like the same shape and size and design in the the instances that i've looked at them i believe they are all meant to be the same building and i don't know if it's that uh that uh castle was um sorry maybe not where he's living now but the, the original castle maybe maybe you know after his disappearance or his being presumed deceased maybe he becomes this sort of figure of uh of such stature that mm. they build magnetic floating lego sets of his castle just like you can right. buy the architecture sets of the of the sydney opera house kind of thing
0: wouldn't you be wouldn't it be making more sense though that it was like uh you would want to have a dr manhattan's house yeah,
2: exactly. Same right. thing, different level of, of of interest, certainly.
0: Well, that's very interesting to me because I wonder why that is. Um, in the comic and in the movie, it was pretty clear that the like the structure that Doctor Manhattan builds for himself looks like a clock and is all like absolutely really cool and glass and made out of pointy like, bits and the sand. and Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and all it was that. really cool. I mean, it's destroyed in both. You know, like Janie destroys it. Yeah. But it was weird to me that he lived in like a castle-looking thing on Mars.
2: Yeah, for a guy who's you know, when they demand a logo, he gives the hydrogen atom, like so right. super simple and not really uh, you know, uh, embellished or embellishments or flourish or anything like that. Yeah, it does it does seem interesting. But again, that's probably the ties back to his human days right. of being the watchmaker's son,
0: right? And and that's maybe you are gonna get to this too. But I, it's so interesting that that like, Vite is. Um, and we're calling him Vite, we're we're all assuming that he's gonna be Vite. He's still credited as the Lord of the Man. Yeah, exactly. But what is the deal? Like, why is he now obsessed clearly with Dr. Manhattan? When they were friends and worked together and on Earth, he you know, like regarded him as like almost uh, like a like an obstacle yeah, yeah. to have to get rid of for his master plan. Yep. And now in his older days, now that his plan has worked, he is obsessed with him. He's like making this weird Slightly homoerotic play about him? Yep.
2: Like, what is happening with that? I would have... Like, my only guess on that is that he is going to try to bring John... Or bring Dr. Manhattan back. Right. To help him with whatever his next plan is. We Mm. had one of those in the coming weeks trailers. And Vite is back to drawing squids. You know, so... Busy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really small clip in at the end of episode one. It's like coming weeks of Watchmen, and you can find it on YouTube. And there's one a little thing where under a magnifying glass, you see that he has arched himself a, another squid. Oh boy! And Kirsten was thinking, well, maybe the fake squid wasn't enough. Maybe we need to, you know, con- make this continue to happen. And I don't know, maybe give the world another kick in the pants to unite them again. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, it would sound like if there's anybody that's going to. Have to help or be able to help? Vight do this. It's going to be Doctor Manhattan.
0: Because isn't that the kind of the story? Is that fight um, works with Doctor Manhattan to figure out the technology to transport the squid into New York City? Yeah, right? he
2: works. He works with all sorts of people. He works with mm-hmm. artists and psychics and right. and yeah and and Doctor Manhattan as well. But in in the meantime, he's he's also making sure that there are a lot of tachyon fields around which muddle mm-hmm. up Doctor Manhattan's uh, sort of omniscience right. and and his time. Uh, his frame of time reference and, and memory and everything. So he's got all the cards laid out. Um, he's always in control. I th- still think he's going to be the guy to fear the most in this series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we have um, the last episode ended with Will Reeves, the little boy, please watch over this boy, with uh, Judd, uh, the police chief, uh, with his body strung up in the tree. And Angela just... Takes him out of his wheelchair, puts, her, puts him in her car, drives them to her bakery hideout, loads him back in the wheelchair, puts him into the back room, and then frisks him? Like, how did you not do this before? <laughs> um, small filmmaking note. I don't know if you noticed, and if you didn't, maybe go watch back. There are a couple scenes where you see, like, a coffee cup, like, right in front of the camera, and then Will Reeves in his wheelchair is way off in the back, and they're both in focus. Okay. Um, this is an old timey film technique called a split-field diopter, where basically you have a round filter in front of a camera lens, and half of it has this convex lens on it, oh. which lets you focus on things that are really close and things that are far away at the same time. Interesting. It, last time I saw this used was movies from the 60s or the 70s. So it's really interesting that that uh, Lindelof has chosen to use this technique in a number of places. Um, and did you notice that um, Will Reeves drinks his hot coffee immediately as he gets it, and later in the episode plucks a, a, an, an egg out of a boiling pot of water. Yes. Kirsten thinks that he is hooded justice. And, hey, if there is a, a vigilante that doesn't feel pain and that's his thing, that would connect a lot of dots for me, that, uh, that Will, Will Reeves, who is Angela's grandfather, we find out at the end of the episode, um, was, uh, is hooded justice. Yeah, that's interesting. Was that supposed to be? Is that the thing about Hooded Justice? Is that he can't feel pain? Uh, no, I don't know that. That I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't remember that being a thing, and I haven't actually looked it up. But it was interesting. Like they very deliberately showed these two things. If you didn't get the coffee thing, yeah. you certainly got the egg thing.
0: Well, okay. I just. I just want to caution because this is not the boys, or you know, like other superhero shows where. You're always kind of on the lookout for like, oh, is that person also a superhero? Does that person have powers? Because in remember in this world, like nobody's got powers except for Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. So why would this boy be special in that way? Like there aren't. That's not what we're looking for. There's no mutants. There's no other secret powers. Right. Like it's a very specific. There is one Superman, and it's because of a very specific accident that happened to him and that's
2: true but why would they be so deliberate about showing this it was such that. such a weird thing yeah interesting bizarre hmm. i have so many notes and i don't want to touch on all of them because it's going to take us another freaking hour of recording was there anything that stuck out <laughs> for <laughs> you notes. yeah was there anything that stuck out for you in this episode like i'm just such a fan of this world and i am so happy with with what uh, lindelof has built and what all of the actors are doing and all of the You know, nothing seems unintentional. The camera and the music is still so great. Um, This is just me. This is just everything's coming up, bud. Fan service to bud. I love everything about this show.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, me too. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I see you
2: have here under Ozzy Mendeus, you think definitely robot servants, not clones. Did I say definitely robots? I am thinking clones. Oh, you know what? I was writing these notes as I... Uh is that before my WTF question? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking there were robots and then he burned one I'm yeah. like, nope, nope. And then oh, yeah, everybody yeah. took their masks off. No wait. Sorry. Definitely clones. Yeah, you
0: said perhaps clones then, yeah, question mark. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: it's and, and you've got down here John Osterman and Janie Slater, so clearly he is like just obsessed with yeah. them. And that's a weird and I thing. I don't
2: know why. It's like to, to get through the backstory of John and Janie and John becoming Dr. Manhattan, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knows this history. He knows all of this story. In the comics, he was the one who gave Janie cancer and then mm-hmm. all the other people, or a bunch of other people who, who had worked with Dr. Manhattan to start making people fear Dr. Manhattan, that maybe he's carcinogenic. Um, so he knows this. I don't know why he's going over this now. Yeah. He had another anniversary cake. He was he was getting sick yeah. of this stuff. You know, and it's like, did that happen? Did his last anniversary cake happen the day before? Or is this a year down the road? Like, I'm, you know, not just because it's HBO, but I'm thinking there might be some time oh, really? playing with here, some timeline shifting. But I don't know. It just seems weird that uh, these cute little clones, you know, once a day, one gets burned to a crisp and replaced by another one. And once a day, they make him a cake for his anniversary, whatever yeah. that anniversary is. It's such a strange and weird world. It's, this one, yeah, uh, it's very
0: weird. You know, but I, that is the stuff that's keeping me, I think, most interested. Like I said, I'm enjoying the stuff with Night Sister and all that. Like I Sister think that's. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the rest of the show. The meat of the show, really, is that Tulsa stuff. Yeah, I like it. It's got me hooked. I'm into it. Like you said last week, it's kind of a like a cop drama situation, but it's like all fucked around because it's Watchmen. Um, that's all really good. But what's really my, my brain? I think my interest level spikes when I see Jeremy Irons on
2: screen. What yeah. the fuck is Absolutely. he doing? Absolutely great question. And,
0: and again, like as a fan of the uh, the classic series, I want those ties to the original. I want to know what this guy's doing because it's very odd. Like as much as he was idiosyncratic and quirky, let's say oh super quirky as as Ozzy Mendez, he was still
2: like a very in control genius like oh hugely oh yeah he saw all the parts yeah watch me you know, watch make, you know the, that that parallel again he saw all the moving parts and he left nothing to chance
0: i love the portrayal
2: in the movie i don't know that actor's name because they went pretty much with all matthew unknowns. good with oh, e yeah? is his name yeah um, yeah fascinating uh he he was uh, he had just the right build yep um yeah i thought that was a that was a good portrayal he was very, like, uh, oh, I just
0: loved so much the way that he was, like, unflappable, completely in control, me- methodol- me- methodol- methodology, no, like, methodical. Oh, methodical, sure, but, sure. Right, and thoughtful in every single thing that he did. um And and so I know that that's part of the Ozymandias character, so I just want to see, because Jeremy Irons a little bit is playing it like, um,
2: like a kook. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yes, definitely.
0: Maybe it'll all make sense when it's all explained to us more, but he's a little bit of that... Um, guy with the long fingernails, Howard Hughes, crazy
2: person. And maybe that happens even to the smartest man in the world. That's what I'm thinking, because you're... he still has his moments of super clear lucidity, yes. where he's he's very much in control, and he's still big picture thinking. And again, from the previews that we see for the future episodes, yeah, he's got something going on, and we don't know what it is. But you're right. At old age, and probably this isolation, and probably yeah. living with clones that you burn and kill in every every day, right. um, probably has driven him a little bit toward the edge, yeah. but he still seems... Seems to have it, whatever that it is. Yeah. Yeah, his portrayal, well, the movie in general, I think, was given a great nod with the American hero story. Like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, that slow motion, fast motion, just like the super over dramatic layout of that show. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that was a great little piece of not only a Zack Snyder nod, but yeah. sort of how. 20, you know, that 2019 would see, you know, the heroes of the 80s and how they would portray them because in 2019 today, our media pop culture is is everything is like real and gritty and realistic kind of thing. Yeah. So they still haven't quite escaped that.
0: I wonder if we are going to see more um like if there are any, are, if, are is, is there a modern version of the Minutemen or the Watchmen or whatever? You know, no. Like, I mean, like sounds like not. Hey, no. We
2: have you know the the Keen act. Uh, you know, yeah. Joe Keen, uh, Senator Keene's son. I think is mm-hmm. the person who makes the appearance at the uh, at the the wake for Judd. Judd is such a strange name. <laughs> um, and so, I don't think that you've got a couple deputized vigilantes. You got Red Scare. You got Looking Glass. You got Sister Night, and you got the Panda. Um, I I think it's sort of. It's less official than it was that there are, you know, they're not banded together as a group with right. a name. There are just a couple of people been deputized by the police. And, right. you know, I mean, Angela was was police before she was a detective uh, beforehand. Um, also really interesting. She drives into the crime scene and that reporter is knocking on the door of her Buick and refers to her as detective. Mm but this is supposed to be a new identity for her. I guess she's just doing detective-like things, and that's why you're calling her that? I don't know. It seemed seemed strange. I can't imagine it was an oversight because Angela was a detective before she became Sister Knight. You do, I've never heard it recalled, called Detective Sister Night. So I don't know what's going on there. But anyways, a little interesting thing there.
0: Maybe in this world, just like the vigilantes are known as detectives. Or when you become a detective, it's just like you don't go around in plain clothes. Sure. It's a higher
2: level of policing. Right. 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 OK, that so, makes and sense.
0: And I think what's really interesting, too, about it being said in Tulsa is like when you set something in New York, you assume that it's unique to New York. Right. Right. It's like only that's only happening in that place because it's the biggest city in the world. Right. And that's what the original Watchmen like. I never assumed that there were other right. groups of superheroes across the country when you said it in like any town USA, which Tulsa is. That's brilliant. You have to assume that this is just going on. This is like stock standard across The world or country
2: or whatever. Well, the newsstand scene, which was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. uh, And a a beautiful nod to the, uh, to the comics. The newsstand does reference other squid drops in places around the world. So yeah, we are seeing, I can't remember the exact places, but we are seeing that it is happening in other places. Um, yeah, that's, that newspaper scene was so great. Um, you know, and it reminded me of kind of a tear jerking moment from the, from the comic, yeah. you know, you've got the, the young black kid and the old white guy running the newsstand and the young black kid's just reading the comics, not paying for anything, yeah. and the old white guy's chirping him the entire time. <laughs> yeah. But when shit gets real, when the squid comes, when everything blows up, it's they the white guy shields, like he hugs and shields yeah. the little kid, and they both die together, and it was just like, wow, okay, buddy, you actually cared. That was really cool, yeah. you know, so nice to see the nod uh, for for that uh, at the newsstand there.
0: Well, I'm glad we got a new show. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it felt like, you know, to hunker down
2: on a Sunday night. Yeah, like a, got a new show. Your appointment viewing, and, and it's yeah. and it's like, yeah, I feared the loss of this with yeah. uh, with Game of Thrones ending, and yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I have this podcast, I have you, I have my friends here <laughs> yeah. to talk about this with, um, i not... Yeah, like not a lot of people I know are watching this, so it's, I don't know who else to talk to about this. So I'm glad that you guys are there. Thank you, Jason Cleary, by the way, for writing in. Uh, interestingly, he just wrote to Kirsten and me mm. after last week's because we were the only ones that talked about it. He right. did not write to geekatthezone.fm, which is what I would normally advocate. Yes. Uh, but yes, if you have spoilery Watchmen thoughts, maybe just Paul and me for now, maybe Kirsten. I don't know, she's on, she's in Disneyland. I don't know if
1: she's watching it. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh, yeah, so geekout at thezone.fm uh, geek the uh, if you want to reach uh, the, the Geek Out podcast. Interestingly, geek at the zone. FM is Kirsten and me because we are the geek department. With, f- when we get generally no emails throughout the week,
0: I assume that's because everyone gets or doesn't care or whatever about whatever it is we're talking about. We talk yeah, about that's you know, Avengers Endgame and they're just like, yeah, I'm watching Avengers Endgame. Of course I am. Yeah. But <laughs> I would love to know like how much of uh, the listeners of this podcast. And there's a few of you, so thank you so much for doing that Indeed. and listening to this. Um, are you into these uh, discussions about Watchmen? Are you watching it as well? Has it become your new uh, Sunday night thing, replacing Game of
2: Thrones or whatever? Yeah, and I suppose the only people who would have, who would be able to answer that question have gone past the spoiler thing, because now we're, <laughs> right. we're deep in the details. <laughs> so I would have to presume the answer is yes. But yeah, let us know. I would love to hear more theories and and whatnot, um, just like with uh, Game of Thrones um. Any of these big shows, I'm listening to a podcast, a review podcast about, about Watchmen. And it's giving oh, yeah? me some, some neat insights on things as well. So, cool. uh, Yeah, so we have the Facebook page where we mostly announce the episodes. We have the Facebook group, the Geek Out Podcast group. That is where we do most of our interaction. Please join us there. Where and, do I uh, post memes? Why not the Facebook group for the geek? Okay, geek I geek. won't know. <laughs> oh, difference. boy. No, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> thank Get you. Get to
1: one thank or you, the other.
2: Paul. Okay. <laughs> and uh, please rate, review, and subscribe the podcast. Uh, let's have a friendly hello from another member of the Zones podcast family.
0: Hey, Art. Hey, Curb. We're back. Yes, we are. For the 2019-2020 season of the Canucks. So if you're ready... To hear more about the Canucks, listen to Between the Stammers. The Canucks are a little bit better this year. Even though Art still doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. And got on the fence about it. We're going to be doing a lot of shotgun shakes
2: this year. Well, I won't be. Because Art drinks tea. Yes, I do. Check out Between the Stammers on the Zone's podcast network at thezone.fm. All of our podcasts can be found at thezone.fm slash podcast. And, Polly, where will we find you on the internet? At Publicino on wherever... And I'm at Webmeister Button wherever. Thanks very much for listening. it has been the Geek Out Podcast. Happy day after Halloween. <laughs> Bye!
0: The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit the zone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a Zoner.